You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast Detroit Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard, everybody. Sorry. That's what happens when you don't practice. I tell my son that all the time. No. Can my you hear co-host me? Co-host Larkin? Yeah, there's there Larkin. Go. Co-host Larkin. <laughs> I'll be honest, we don't practice a lot, and the network would tell you that. We don't. No. <laughs> We're like every third That's week what I was saying now. before we left the house. I'm like, God, it's, it goes so long in between that I forget, like, all right, now I got to check this. I, I got to do this. I was like, I don't have anything to talk about. Then I was like, I have everything to talk about. I'm like, shit, a lot has fucking happened. Um, welcome to the Undercard Officially hey, episode. Hey. Episode what? Uh, hold on. I want, I want to say 302. Okay, 302. Yeah, about right. And then uh, Larkin's filling in for Cody and uh, Jimmy. Jimmy is actively pursuing his acting career away from the Undercard, but... He he threw a fit, yeah, and so I'm going to tease him. I don't have Facebook on my phone. I don't want Facebook on my phone. I think Facebook is like, I don't know. It, it just, it, it's everything I hate with the world, really. So anyways, um, this kid, I know I've told him seven or eight times I do not carry Facebook on my phone, and he continuously No, you haven't, me. Brad. He continually, continually messages me. Like I have Facebook with me at all time. Now, Why the don't Facebook, you have it on there? Now the Facebook is on the iPad, and the if the iPad's around, it means I'm typically working. And as Rochelle will tell you, I only use Facebook for work. I, I think the the uh, the social uh, celebrity crap is ridiculous, and people that think they're uh, are are popular because of their Facebook statuses are like monopoly pretend rich so that's what i think about facebook i'm just gonna rip onto some people here and there and just keep going but yeah so like jimmy jimmy was like oh, i was trying to get hold of you trying to get hold of you trying to and try to make this decision jimmy you made the right decision buddy go go pursue that acting dude. and we'll go, see go. you next week go, go. you go <laughs> you go the training wheels are off just ride <laughs> just ride uh, but we have so much to talk about. Larkin's in here. Larkin made her pro debut. I want to – the one thing that I think we kind of got away from, Rochelle, and I was analyzing shows. I used to think we used to do kind of cool – Why do you have your sunglasses still on? Because I got the sun coming oh. right through the f- – I thought you were it's, trying to be Carlos no, cool. No, <laughs> I, I can't. No one's Carlos cool. The I got it like fucking hit me from like right in angle. Give no me, one told you you had to sit there. Give me five minutes and it'll be gone and I see a cloud. Nice. So um, so anyways, uh, see you got me way off track. Oh, so the, the whole idea behind the undercard was that I saw a lot of stuff behind the scenes and occasionally I'd like pull back the curtain and go, ooh. And then this is what it is. So like in a few minutes um, after I talk about the Joshua Big Baby Miller thing, I was going to let 
the people that are listening to this podcast into what it is for a first time around manager and a first time <laughs> pro fight and try to give you an inside kind of view of how I made the decisions going forward. And Larkin can tell us a little bit. secrets? Dude, I'll give away my Kid secrets Vegas every day. secrets? I don't care, dude. I, oh, what, my God. He's just... Reckless. No, what what have I always said? Like I I will I will teach a million people to do what I do. I still think that it, you're not me. That's right. the way I look yeah. at life. You know what I'm saying? Like it still takes those that know how there will always work for Brad. those who know why. Yeah, I'm not trying to be like like no an no, no 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 no. I'm not saying that you are. I think that you are unique and that you are not very easily replicated. And I'm a dick too, like a real, like yeah. And I, you need a little bit of that in the fucking sport. You need a lot of that actually in the sport. So, um, you know. So, anyways, I thought that's what we could do with Larkin here because Larkin had a really cool experience, her first pro fight, and I could tell a little bit about what a manager maybe does behind the scenes that people don't don't really realize. Because, like, I, I heard a lot of like like crazy talk. I think I – well, I was around Emmanuel when he managed, right? Mm -hmm. But you hear crazy talk, right? People are like, well, why didn't this happen or why didn't this happen? Like there's an endless money tree out there that like, these promoters can just grab money from. But I was also disappointed by some people not taking steps up on that card who I thought perfect time to take a step up. Hmm. No, I'm just not throwing out names, but there's there were some step up opportunities out there where it's like – the one thing I've said on this show forever, the one thing you can't get back is your youth. Mm -hmm. And if you're like wasting, wasting time, oh boy, dude, I, I tell you, man, you get my age and you're like, it, it flew by, dude. It just, you I know. I mean, not even wasting time in the gym, but wasting time in your personal life. True. Anything. You know? I mean, just your, your, your 20s go quick and the next thing you know, your 30s are gone. And then, um, so I don't know why you would train for a fight. That's a win that doesn't help you. Um, but let's just start off with the big news and I'll, I'll give my, uh, perspective on what has happened since, uh, the last time we were in here. So, uh, big baby Miller caught a lotto ticket and was, uh, going to fight Anthony Joshua at Madison Square Garden. And during a voluntary drug test, he tested for a drug that gave you, uh, more endurance. Which is banned by New York and it's banned by I think every state. And he denied it, came out and denied it. And then the second sample came back and it was worse than the first. It had HGH in it, which is a uh, human growth hormone, which is uh, the steroid that gives you power. And then also the endurance one. And he denied it and for whatever reason came clean. And now is facing the consequences of losing, I forget, I want to say he's lost $5 million plus he had a backdoor deal of another two fights with Eddie Hearn for like another $4 million. And first off, I want to say that you don't understand the devastation. You can say Miller's an idiot. You can say Miller's this and Miller's that. But you don't understand how many people have invested time in Miller. <laughs> we know... One of our friends is a promoter who, you know, you just saw uh, Bob Ryder s said it best. It's like having the winning lotto ticket but losing it when you misplaced it. Like I in, quickly overnight, 
guys, trainers, team members, all these people that were um, invested in this have watched this money go up. And it's a shame. I'm not going to kick somebody um, for being down. You know, or making a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes in life. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to come out here and say Miller shouldn't have done this or Miller shouldn't have done that. But I will agree with Eddie Hearn that we are in a sport that hurts people. And this is as illegal as it gets. And you can say what you want, but no punishment is going to be enough punishment for Miller. It doesn't mean that. I'm ragging on them or anything, but if you're trying to get a competitive advantage in a sport in which you hurt other people, that's not really cool. And Eddie Hearn expressed that in much more colorful ways than I did. He's obviously looking out for his fighter, Anthony Joshua. He made a great point. Uh, they had been doing this VADA testing for a while, and uh, Anthony Joshua had suggested it, and Eddie Hearn said, you know, what's the difference between that and what they would normally do? Well, so like not everybody has the money to do that, but Anthony Joshua has a lot of money. So what typically a commission would do is test you around fight time. But this is like voluntary uh, drug tests up to a fight to make sure. And now if you look at Big Baby Miller, kind of look like he was on steroids. He looks like he belongs at the Arnold. I mean, yeah, it's, he's it's a not, big guy. Yeah, he, he carries 300-something. So anyways uh, – so uh, Eddie Hearn said that, hey, we didn't even think this was worth it anymore. And then he goes, and then all of a sudden, like, finger clicked. It was worth it because they caught somebody trying to get through the net. That could have hurt Anthony Joshua. We don't know. I mean, you know, maybe Joshua still cruises through him, but it's an unfair advantage that a fighter was trying to get. Um, is it up there with loaded gloves? Is it up there back in the day where they used to put, like, thumbtacks at the thumb and try to? I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you. I do know that the sport's better testing for this. I wouldn't want any of my fighters. I wouldn't want to see somebody get hurt by somebody that's on steroids. Now, Rochelle will tell you that I am often ringside and I can spot people on steroids pretty good. Uh, there's just your there, everything yeah, about you there changes. There are so many things you can tell just by looking at them. Right. Uh, and I get very crazy into it. Um, there's just certain things you can see right away about that. Um, and that's just, that's what I think I have such a hard time with the sport is because there is so much stuff like that. that I'm so, I'm very by the book with pretty much everything I do. I don't like to do things wrong, knowing they're wrong. And so there are so many things like that. It's like, how can you look at yourself in the mirror after knowing that you're doing that and then getting in the ring in that type of situation where, yeah, you have the potential to really, I mean, kill someone technically. And I just don't understand that kind of mindset. Right. Well, wouldn't wouldn't his coaches have known that too? Not necessarily. Or like his team? I if think suddenly... some, somebody had to know. I mean... Right. Well, I'm sure someone knew, but. And to take a voluntary. Voluntary. Coach, right. Why would you do that <laughs> no. knowing you were going to fail it? Yeah, it's I'll the... do it. Ooh, that, ooh, me. It's that crazy God complex some fighters get, I think, where like you just – I mean like TJ Dillashaw, you're going to get caught. Mm -hmm. I mean there's no there's no better testing than what UFC has. Like right now they know where Cody is and Cody could like be literally giving a sample right now. I mean they, they know – that that's the one thing that would bother me as a UFC fighter is they have to know where you are at all times. And mm -hmm. Cody's like – 
I don't know how I'm he... I'm taking a shit right now. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, he handles it perfectly. I don't know if I could handle every second someone knowing where I am. But TJ Dillashaw just got suspended two years from uh, New York. So I imagine Big Baby Miller is going to get a huge uh, penalty. Um, this is just me talking. He looks like a kind of guy that will blow up and probably get fat. I don't know. There's no scientific thing behind that. It's just that the way he carries his weight, this probably might have been his only chance. Maybe he can come back. I like comeback stories, whatever. But um, Unless you're John Jones. Right. But you know what? <laughs> what's crazy about it is, um, you know, Canelo had a trace of something from Mexican beef. And people right. went freaking bananas, dude. And, and Canelo... You know, got caught and supposedly it was the cattle that had the steroids in it. And the trace was like so small. And then here you have a guy that just is on the other side of the spectrum who clearly knew what he was taking and then and then, and then took it. Um, I like to believe that Canelo, innocent until proven guilty, didn't know that the Mexican beef he was eating were steroid-induced cows. But organic, baby. Organic. organic. Yeah. There was just – I forget even who it was. Some people got suspended for six months. There was something in a supplement, like a normal run-of-the-mill supplement. Yeah. That's why I don't believe in the supplements. Like that scares <laughs> me. That can have anything in it. Not, I don't trust it. Well, we bring back goodie bags for our fighter friends, but before we give them to them, we warn them like check because we don't know. Like we've given it to uh, AB, friends, yeah. AB and Cody. Yep. And we're like – after don't know that, if you can use it, but... I mean, I don't have them sign a waiver, but it's as close as to a waiver as possible. Like, I don't know what I'm giving you. It's just it's giving out. Well, that's why, but, like, I I was, like, even leery about giving any to my son. Because you don't know. Yeah, but he's not actively... Their steroids are good. I understand. Good. I'm just saying. You don't they're know what's so good. Crap. That they're illegal. That's the that's the <laughs> thing, dude. I, I used to tell this story, Larkin, and you've probably not been around. My grandma used to be, like, on deathbed. And, uh, like, the doctor would come in and see her and be like, she's got, like, two days. And we're going to give her prednisone. And then she'd be walking. And she'd live another two weeks. And then when the prednisone went away. She'd be dancing around the house. Yeah, she'd dance. And then the doctor would come back in and goes. It looks like it's time again, and they give her prednisone, which is a steroid, and she would be literally opening the drapes, walking herself out with her oxygen <laughs> tank, and she'd go again. And that's what steroids can do. They can make you amazingly uh, crazy. Uh, but I've been on steroids a long time, prednisone, and they do make you moody. Um, you don't sleep on them, but you are superhuman for a little bit, like in a little spurts, like... 18-hour days, productivity, um, happiness for a while. Then the uh, happiness goes away. Then it's like 18 hours and you don't sleep. <laughs> and then the the ill effects of prednisone and other steroids. And prednisone is just one steroid out there. But um, it looks like Andy Ruiz Jr., who we saw fight uh, for Dimitri Salida, he fought Dempsey's grandson? Yes. Uh, and I don't even know if that's true, if he is Dempsey's grandson. But um, Yeah, I don't know who told us that. He told us. But I don't think there's – I, I got to go on Anacestry and see if that's true. So um, Andy 
looks like he's going to get this pretty good payday. And um, you know what? I Andy just came off a big win. And I don't know who, who you pick for it. I would actually actually like to see Junior Fa, who we saw down in um, Columbus, maybe even be mentioned in there. Surprise, he isn't actually. He actually fits more what Joshua should fight. Um, but that that happened in the world of boxing. I picked against Danny Garcia this week. I don't know why I do stupid shit sometimes. <laughs> I did stupid shit sometimes. Uh, but I did. I I've not been able to like. Um, pick correct on Alistair Overeem. This has been like a curse for like five years where like if I'm for Alistair Overeem, he loses. But then when I go against him, he wins. So like that's been going on for a long time. This is the first weekend I've gotten that right. But this is the worst weekend I've ever picked. Who did he fight this weekend? Um, Some Russian guy. Not non-relevant. <clears throat> but like, I mean, it's Alistair Overeem, glass chin. You don't know. Yeah. I went really hard with the Russians. I thought, okay, it's in Russia, and and I picked, and I picked horrible. Like, I mean, I don't even deserve the seat. You didn't get a chin. lot of sleep this weekend. Maybe that was why. I've never picked as bad as I picked this week. And first off, why am I picking against Danny Garcia? I was just like, I mean, that might be insomnia. Um, <laughs> I did get the Terrence Crawford pick right, um, but man, did I do some crazy picks dude i was looking back through them and i was like you deserve this motherfucker you deserve this and then i was uh i picked juju eclair's fight and she got injured and then i picked against or did i i, I don't know if i picked for chelsea lagrasse or, or grassy whatever her name is um but she got injured so then i had like these ones that i knew i was gonna win then these people didn't even end up fighting so, like, I had, like, a bunch of, like... Wah, wah. Right. Who, who was Juju like, matched against? She was matched against a really tough... Was it Mexican? I don't know. Four and two. I didn't I think Juju... Asleep? I didn't think Juju was so. going to come out of that one, actually. Um, that seemed, like, really tough after what she just went through. Yeah, J- Justina lost, too. The girl that Juju lost to lost to some... Did she really? Yeah. She Where'd lost- she lose it? In at Risen, and she oh, yeah. she lost by submission oh. by a rear naked choke of some sort to some Japanese girl. Damn, Ryzen's really got their game going. Manny Pacquiao signed with Ryzen. Oh my! I know, and Floyd Mayweather signed with him. I'm just saying, we gotta get Larkin on a card over there soon. Tokyo. I know. Hello Kitty. Yeah, I like Tokyo. Hello Kitty. I'm a fan. Rampage checks. Um, we gotta get Larkin on a card over there soon. Soon, hear that? Soon, make I'm it. Ready. Make it happen soon. So, um, but yeah. So let's let's talk what uh, the show is basically going to be about. Is kind of like what is like to make a pro debut in MMA, and Larkin's here to give you a first hand perspective and. Um, so uh, I decided six months ago to get into management, and it just made sense. I've been around the sport for a long time. I've seen a lot of contracts. Not only have I seen a lot of contracts, works with a lot of promoters, works with a lot of production, da 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 And me and Aaron were very set on Larkin being our first pick just because she had the intangible that you couldn't teach. She had a lot of heart. Um, I only get – 
up to that point, I had only seen Larkin fight once. I saw her fight against Juju Eclair, and it was at uh, Joe Louis Arena, and I just remember that uh, Juju could not put her away. And then I remember w- introducing myself to Larkin after her fight, and she said she took the fight on a Tuesday, which I thought was very impressive. She was like, I, got, I had to make weight, didn't have time to train. And then Larkin was like, I don't know. I'm going back to school because I was like, you know, you might have a career in this. And she's like, I don't know. I might go back to school. And this was in Amy. So she was on my radar and we had her on the show. I think we called her on the undercard the, the following week. And so she's always been on the radar of somebody that had an, a, something that could not be taught hurt. Um, Lee, who we had the, uh, Easter dinner with, would tell you that it's the one tangible that you just – can't teach you either have it or you don't so uh me and my business partner decided that she uh, she would be our first signing and um we thought she was versatile we thought she could do boxing we thought she could do mma and so what goes through uh a manager's uh thought process is one you don't want a war rochelle what do i say about wars in uh fight careers you can only have so many five tops in a career so the goal of a manager is to give your fighter a shot and not let her get hurt. And so um, Ricker's really going to like this. <laughs> but So I, I purposely set out looking for somebody that couldn't hurt Larkin but was a good opponent. And um, we decided on Christina Ricker, Ricker right off the bat because Christina Ricker, Riker, Ricker. Okay. Uh, we decided on her right off the bat because she has the pedigree. She's UFC material, and it would be a good, entertainable fight. I thought it wasn't as entertaining as I thought, and we'll get into that in a second. But as a manager, my fighter had a shot. Uh, she did very well, and she came out uninjured. And that's as a manager, that's what you you look for. You don't, you know, I'm not looking to get her into a war in her pro debut. At the same time, although it wasn't a war, um, yeah, it was a tough fight. So they, that's what you're looking at as a manager is that you want the tough fight. You're not ducking down, but at the same time, we don't want stitches, butterfly stitches, broken noses and stuff that's going to hurt down the career. So we thought Ricker was perfect for it. Uh, we kind of, kind of knew she would go for the takedowns. Her wrestling was a little bit stronger, but we were very confident that if Larkin could stand up with her new coaching staff, that she would look phenomenal. And sure enough, as the fight went on and Larkin can tell you more about the fight, I'm just telling you behind the scenes. Uh, Larkin did amazing standing up. Her left was, uh, Ricker had no answer for her left. I mean, it's just, it was takedown time. And then from the other perspective, it was amazing to watch that, uh, Larkin was able to minimize the ground and pound by Christina. Um, her defense on the ground was absolutely fantastic. Um, but we, we lost by unanimous decision. But it's a learning experience, and um, Thug Rose, I think, has four or six losses. Somebody who is 22 and 14 just beat one of the um, the sisters from UFC. In MMA, you're going to have losses, and it, I felt it was a great learning experience. And when she got out of the cage, I was super proud of her, and I went to Aaron, my business partner, and I said, we did our job. She wasn't hurt. Uh, she actually ring-girled the next day, didn't look like she had any damage, and she probably learned a lot from it. 
And so I thought it was a successful fight. I, I was proud that no matter who we bring to the table, Larkin says it doesn't matter. She'll fight him. So, I mean, she's a very easy fighter to deal with in that regard. She wants to fight everybody. So we were very happy with the performance. Um, you, uh, Larkin, you were not classed by her by no means. You belonged in there. Uh, it was just two styles colliding. And that's what happens. Like, you know, you had one wrestling background and one, but you definitely belonged in there. And that's where, like, the scoring shit kind of pisses me off about MMA and boxing is that, like, you you belonged in there and you were, you know, when it was stand-up time, you were winning. And, you know, uh, Ricker makes the the takedown. So um, from a managerial standpoint, uh, success the road wasn't going to change also whether we won or lost. Uh, we we kind of have a five-fight plan. And so, um, you know, I was super happy with it. She belonged in that ring. So I'm going to turn it over to Larkin Dash now, who did make her pro debut. I'll ask her some questions, but uh, fought a very tough opponent. Very proud of you. A uh, lot of heart. Uh, you know, you you could tell that you were – better condition than her ready for it and stuff tell us how you thought your first fight went so i think it went pretty well obviously i wanted to win um really bad especially being at pro debut and i had come off a couple of losses as an amateur too but i knew i had put the work in and i did what i could um looking back on it there's things that i wish i would have done a little bit differently in the cage and i think that's where like the repetition in the gym and i know going into this camp exactly what i want to focus on and i kind of took a few days to realize like oh i need to focus on getting out of bad position on the ground and i mean i knew that going into the fight but it's different when you're in the cage with someone that's like in a live scenario and you're trying to get out of a situation so I'm going to do a lot of work on that. I mean, I wasn't really nervous for the fight. Um, I don't get nervous like that. But, um, I mean, when I got in there and I saw that she was a lot bigger than me size-wise, I was like, yep, yep, I know that I need to go down to 115. And I remember specifically thinking that as soon as I stood with her in the cage. So that's going to be another thing to work on is getting down to a lower weight class um, just because I'm fighting girls that are super tall and big and strong. And as it was, the weight was an issue for her. So if, I mean, if I can get down to where I'm not having an issue getting to 115, that'll be helpful too. Right. And, uh, but the, there's a great picture that Bob Ryder took where it shows both of your guys's reach and she has you by like probably that much and she's connecting and you're missing because of the reach. And um, that's a very telling picture. But what I was most impressed with is your ability to close distance and you were able to land shots. You had that left open all the time. Like she had no answer for that, which I once again kind of knew because her favorite punch was an overhand right and you're a southpaw. You, you're eliminating that overhand right. Um, tell Tell us about how confident you felt – when you're standing up because I could see as the fight went, you were very confident standing up, but the fear of the takedown was always there. Yeah. Yeah. So the first round I kind of felt it out, um, you know, and I was scared the first round with, I could tell that she was going to have a longer reach than me. So I was kind of feeling it out. And when I realized that she couldn't hurt me standing up unless she got super lucky, even with her kicks, like they weren't hard enough to actually do any serious damage. So then in the next 
couple of rounds, I could feel out like her movement and I knew that she was getting tired and my cardio was better standing up. So as long as I could keep moving, she could not keep up with my pace. I mean, yeah, her reach was longer, but it was the the pace that she really couldn't, I guess, she couldn't keep up with the pace that I had set. So, I mean, I felt it. I felt the dif- the distance and the difference in the distance with my reach because I could feel that I wasn't reaching her and I knew I needed to be closer. But, I mean, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was... A super big hindrance, but it kind of sucked because I could tell in the cage that she did have a longer reach by quite a bit. But you were able to circle out of it and land that left every time. Like you'd you'd move to the right in I don't know if Ricker was just slow or, or what, but um you were able she to connect with tired. that left. I mean, well, she was fatigued. Yeah, like her mouth. Like you know, I, I was very confident. I mean, and that's the other thing too about a wrestler is that. They'll normally typically take people down when they're tired. Cody's told us when he's tired, he takes mm-hmm. people down and makes mistakes. So, like, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, here comes another takedown. Like, I knew that was going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you belonged in that ring. Uh, the fight happens. Do you know that you've lost it or you kind of think maybe someone will see it your way because you're so strong standing up or? I knew I lost it. I knew Did I you? lost it round one. I knew I lost it. But, I mean, I obviously I was still trying. Like The thing I was looking for was a knockout because I knew that I needed a knockout or I needed some serious damage in round two or three to get it. But I knew. I just knew I lost it just because of her takedown and me not being able to get out of si- the situation that I was in on the ground. Mm-hmm. And now, she, I mean, she got a good amount of punches in on the ground. Even if they weren't hard, the judges still saw him. So. Now, when you're in there and you're like deep in the moment do you hear bobby yeah i hear glove more than i hear bobby actually <laughs> i hear glove like because he's all he he's always yelling at me at the gym like okay. the same exact way so i mean i hear him but i couldn't hear him in the um i think it was the first round because she had my she her arm was over my ear oh i couldn't hear anything so when i don't have my ears covered i could hear him but i was squished yes and- i always wondered that because i i mean I was directly across the cage from him, and at every fight, you just—he's just screaming the yeah. whole time. And so I'm I like, heard I you. I heard you. Yeah, I did. Well, you were in her corner. The yeah, whole time. I was like, stuck over right there. Right me. <laughs> you were hanging out. You were I hanging was out also, with. You were like right there. You were hanging out with Bob and uh, Rochelle yeah. the whole fight. Yeah. It seemed yeah. like every the time there was first yeah. two rounds. Yeah, it was like all over. And there. then you guys got you got over there, and I was like, well, man. <laughs> Yeah. So um, for somebody that won't be a pro fighter ever, uh, what's the difference besides amateur and pro? What could you tell somebody that might go into pro? What the excitement, the difference, um, fighting at a legit place, which I mean, that's kind of the the big thing there is that you're, you're actually fighting at a real venue. It is a good promotion. Yeah. Carlos, yeah. there's a good show. So I... It's no different. The fight's no different. I mean, especially in the first part of my amateur career, I took it super seriously, too. And, I mean, I didn't feel like the fight was any different. I was actually less nervous because I knew I'd put the work in. Mm-hmm. I get nervous when I know that I haven't put the work in, but I knew I'd done everything oh, I could. It's just and like a test just... coming, and you're like, fuck, I didn't study. Yeah. But you studied, and you're like, mm. it's no big deal. Yeah, it's no big deal. Like, I knew that I would do everything that I could do. So, I mean, the the preparation's different, though, for sure. Like, I put so much effort in. I honestly, I did, and now I know exactly like what I need to tweak and like do a little bit of different, same amount of effort, a little bit different. So I mean, that's a huge learning curve. Like the 
being a prof- like a professional athlete in any sense is just a huge learning curve for your body, especially like first fight camp is rough. And I feel like if you don't. Well, when you first started camp, I don't think you knew what you were getting yourself into. You no. were emotionally roller coaster. Right. Well, plus, I mean, plus that's when I did the majority of my weight cut, too, because I cut um, almost 30 pounds since January. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I still got some to cut to go to 115, but. I mean, that was where the it was the worst because I, I was out of shape. I was also weight cutting. I was also doing my first fight camp, official mm-hmm. fight camp. So it was just a lot of things going on. Plus in a different location, like I moved away from home. and yeah. That's know. why I think your next one is going to be so much better because you, you know exactly what to expect. You've already done what you're going to be doing. I mean, it's... You'll have a much better mindset for well, the second a, one, and you did really well considering how, like I said, like your in the beginning of your camp, it it wasn't what you wanted it to be, and it wasn't you, once you got there, it completely changed. But I'll tell you that the you were in here the week before doing a show, and then I seen you on on weigh in day. And I, I don't know how you did it, but you look like a completely different person within Dude, that week. She, she was on on weight pro. That's awesome. I know it was amazing. It was. By just the way, you got to change that on tapology. They have you at one thirty. I don't know. Chalbeck put that in. Put down what one, you were. You were yeah. twenty twenty one twenty five six. Yeah, because I'm getting point four. Yeah, I'm getting calls for like one thirty, and it's like we're never going there again. What are you talking about? Ooh. Um, yeah, put it put it in. Correct your profile. How do I? D- do I do that? Do I know how to do that? I don't know how to call do that. Change, call you changed Nathan. the picture, didn't you? Or did you I change changed the picture? Uh, I so. have never logged into Tapology. Well, you have a much better picture now. I so. do. I must oh. have changed it. You did change it. One. Okay, then I did it. Then I'll I'll change your weight. <laughs> We're not having you at one thirty. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. And it's important to know that Ricker made miss weight. You know, but I felt that, um, you know, that's a, another managerial decision. Is that. Um, I had talked to you that week and, um, you had said something to me that you said that not having the, I know that picture. Yeah. Not having the fight would be more disappointing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so you have to weigh into that, that I didn't think Ricker was going to hurt you anymore because she was a pound or, or two over. They had contacted us that week and said that she was having difficulty making weight. So as you're signing posters, I don't think I've ever seen anyone kind of carried in. And then um, she looked bad. So I, I will give Christina credit. They were trying to make weight. I don't think it was a show. I don't yeah. think it was anything. Uh, you looked amazing, though. You're Thanks. cheerful. Yeah, look in shape. You're enjoying it. You're smiling. Ricker looks like anywhere but there. And then know? she still came four, pound, four pounds over. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, yeah, almost four pounds naked weigh-in, so. Yeah. She needs to not be fighting at 125 if that's going to be what happens to her. I mean, she is. She's the biggest girl I think I've ever fought. She's big. Mm -hmm. She should be at 135 in my opinion. But I thought you did better than uh, Turner did from SFS. And I did talk to James Gray uh, on the way out, and James Gray helped you out a little bit in your camp, even though he's not part of our team. And um, we were greatly impressed with how much you improved those four weeks and – you know, it, the same thing that happened to his fighter with Turner was the, as Cody calls it, wrestle fucking. There was you're never in danger when she has you down. It's just, just kind of inconvenient and kind of losing points as you sit there. Um, yeah. But uh, she's a, she's a world class athlete, and uh, the the one thing is that 
I know you guys will never meet again because I, like you said, I don't think Ricker can get down to 115 and that's where we're headed. Um, to the 115 land and, and gonna explore it down there where I think you're gonna be amazing. I think that you, you have the, I can't wait until you learn more ground because like I, I think you just have the body type that can do like crazy stuff like flying triangles and stuff that people st- want to do but can't do and I think you at 115 could do like flying triangles and you need to get your training with with Papa Fossey yes yeah I would love to yeah that'd be cool to go oh, I can't there. even say that on there he has a jujitsu match this week I'll tell you after the jujitsu match about Fossey but uh uh yeah so you know um once your ground improves and it will improve quick um you know you're going to be the one taking those people down and uh I honestly think in retrospect if you would have took down Ricker I don't know if she would have known what you to do I I I just think that like at at that point um I think I think it, our game plan maybe showed a little bit and I think that uh, I think that would have surprised them actually, and I, I don't know. I'm not necessarily thinking that maybe you could rain down punches or something, but I think uh, in retrospect, you can always sit back and look at fights over and over and say, "Well, that should have been done. This should have been done." But um, definitely belonged in the ring with her, and she's a tough opponent. And now she's fighting somebody that you fought your last fight, Bridget Chase. They're mm-hmm. fighting up in the mountains. Ninety-five percent humidity <laughs> on a nice eighty-seven degree night. Uh, holy cow! And what's the altitude in Gatlinburg? I don't know. It's like two thousand above sea level or something like that. That's yeah. gonna be rough. That is, yeah. And Maybe not for Ricker, but that's gonna be rough for Chase. Keep noticing. I think I have toothpaste on my sweatshirt. Um, <laughs> my, my expensive sweatshirt. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that fight's gonna go. I don't know. Um, you think Chase has a chance? No. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say unless, Ricker's good. Unless she's, unless she's done something crazy. I mean, she's been off the radar for a minute now. Yeah. So she's been up to something. If she's pro now, and this is her debut, right? Right. So she's been training, and she her dad debut is debut outside. Her dad is um, apparently a really uh, interesting coach. Good coach. Is he good? I mean, no, he's Sweaty just super strict. And- like they've been the doing this stuff since they like could walk. Her and her sister, I guess. So, right. I mean, maybe she's got a shot. Well, she's big. She might be able to fight the weight issue. Right. Because I had a. I think I fought her at one thirty. Mm-hmm. Right. One thirty. One thirty-five. Maybe. I. I, I don't know. know. That's I the only fight I weight. can't see. I, I can't find. I, can I find didn't all your cut fights. weight for her, so I think it would have had to been one thirty or one thirty-five. Oh wow. I wonder what they're even fighting at because it's not even been put on Tapology, but I've seen the fight poster. I've seen the fo- fight poster, yeah. Yeah. I would guess it's it'd be on, 135. If, if I was to bet on it, it'd be one 135. God, I have to imagine her dad's thinking the exact same thing that me and Aaron were thinking. Can't get hurt. <laughs> Possibility of winning. You know, like, I mean, the, the same thing that would go through your, your mind with Ricker. It doesn't mean that Ricker isn't, you know, dominating on the ground. It's just that, like, um, her ability not to finish people on the ground. Um, or standing up. No, standing up, you're lighting her up. Oh, my God, dude. It was just like I I, I I felt so confident when you were standing up. It was just like so proud of you. I'm so proud of you on the ground, too. Like, Thanks. I mean, you were able to uh, – there was a point, I think the first takedown, uh, Ricker wanted her arm 
to like kind of lay blows on you and you you had it locked and would not give it up and she was yeah. just like literally trying to like yank it to get it up so she could you know the ones balancing off to the side and the one she wants to like hit you with blows and you wouldn't give that up dude you bridged it and you're like i ain't giving that fucking arm up so you can just rain <laughs> I down know what on you're me, doing. <laughs> right so that, that was pretty cool um so i i tell rochelle this all the time like after a fight, so many emotions come and it's just, it's just natural. It's like a flood, dude. Happiness, sadness, tears, like everything. It's just, it, it's an emotional adrenaline dump that no one can understand. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Like what, you know, you know, you and, uh, Ricker were both drug tests and you get back, you, you go see your friends out in the crowd. And then, uh, you know, it kind of sets in that you lost in, in a couple days. Like, what goes through your mind over those couple days? Well, it worked out really nicely because it was the week before Easter. So I was able to, like, spend some time at home, like, back in my hometown. And that was nice because I got to spend so much time with Chris. And, like, he's my main emotional support for, like, that kind of stuff because he's really good at, like, getting you – to not think about the bad and think about the good. So that was good and just kind of like relaxing and like I did nothing of any like I just ran errands and went bowling and did like such low-key stuff for like six days and that was just so nice because it was like stuff that I hadn't done for so long because I'd been training so hard and I'd been away from home and I got to see my mom and like have dinner at my mom's house and see the baby lambs and stuff like that. So that's really like what helped i think especially for like a debut fight like i was pretty upset that i lost just because it was my debut flyweight one 125 really i'm surprised they're both gonna have to cut for that i know yeah but i just had a really like relaxing week and that was good that was important lots Mm -hmm. of reflection that's good like what to do next i firmly believe in that i just think that you have to have that week where you kind of just kind of reset and um even anybody in sports, I just think that the downtime is is so important um, for your body. And you know, you you didn't you came out very uninjured, but you know, you had some nicks and like just typical fight stuff, and that has to heal too. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We talked about it on the phone yesterday. Like you know, maybe a part of your body hurts ten percent, but if you go right back into training, it can become fifty. It can become inflamed. Um, but mentally more important than the physical stuff, the mental, uh, just break from training and, and, and giving your body the much needed, uh, uh, mental rest is so important, I think, to a fighter. And, um, you know, there's two schools of thought of it, I guess, but I, I just believe in, I said walk a mile, see a mile, and then you took it and made it better and put it online about like just reflection and everything. But I, you know, I think we're on the same page about that. No matter how often you fight, that week after should be just a week of reflection and kind of like, you know. Well, plus, it's like you forget what it's like to have like human contact that's not combative. Right. Because you train, you go to the gym and it's competitive and then you go like run and it's competitive. Like everything you're doing, you're doing in your day is competitive and like you're you want to be struggling. And then to have a week off to where I was like, oh, wow, I have people that like want to like hug me that aren't trying to beat me up. It's 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 weird. It's like a weird feeling that you have. You're like, wow, it's like not combative. 
And it's cool. I think that that was super important about that week, too, is like, wow, there is life outside of combat. <laughs> now, uh, Easter dinner, what did you have at Easter dinner that you would not be able to eat on your fight diet? So we, Chris and I had Easter breakfast at my mom's, like brunch. So I, my mom makes homemade cinnamon rolls from scratch and then homemade quiche. So had that. And then we went to Chris's family dinner and I had... Um, cheesy potatoes. Love those cheesy potatoes. That's a good thing. <laughs> and then some pro- Easter candy, too. <laughs> I was promised cheesy potatoes, but it didn't come about. Didn't you, we buy cheesy potatoes? Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Nope, didn't happen. All right. She had cheesy potatoes. I still haven't had pizza, though, interestingly. Fun side note. You sent me a picture of all those lambs. They live forever, right? You don't take those oh some of them some of them get sold for meat when they grow up how do you pick those that's <laughs> rough dude i know well, i was you just, just yelling at cody about his hunting the, those are birds, birds. i don't care Told she sent like gross. the lambs are little i know but they grow up and they get less cute but we <laughs> <laughs> we sell them actually to a, it's a natural meat market up near plymouth that's where my mom sells them to okay i don't need to know that them. Oh, ah, man. I but know. You grew it's up sad. On a farm. It's sad. But when you grow up with it, you like condition to it. Oh, really? If you, it, you, but the first time is traumatic. When the first lamb goes to slaughter. Do you hear the lambs, Clarice? Yeah. 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 That's was very part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually. I didn't know because she's so young and she's I only watched, seen 50 movies that, yeah, like, if she's seen Silence all, of the Lambs. I've seen that whole series. <laughs> like, okay. That's the kind of movies I have watched. Okay. Oh, yay. <laughs> yes. Yay. I was like, I was like, I don't know. You might be stretching her there. Nope. So you, you My dad loved them. those movies. Mm. I don't know. I've I watched them all, like, multiple times. Yeah. My parents just, like, covered my eyes when it was super graphic. <laughs> so that was a very young flock. How, how much longer they got? Like, a couple oh, of years? Oh, they've got, like... Well, they grow to full adulthood in like eight months. Oh, God. Mm. So they've got like eight months. So there's but... not time to get <laughs> attached, right? They got. But there's, there's cute little, them? some of them. Oh. The ones we're going to save, okay. there's like cute little bottle lambs and they run up to you and they take the bottle and they'll follow you. We, we save those ones. Those oh. are the cute ones. What do you do with them? We keep them as moms for the next year. Oh. oh. Yeah. So they get a, so a they, whole they, year? So they take their babies get... away from them. <laughs> oh man, I couldn't be a farmer for that reason. I do want to be a pumpkin, pumpkin patch. patch. I want to do pumpkin. pumpkin patch. We're gonna have pumpkins. I'm gonna do a pumpkin patch farm. We can sell as many of them off as we and want. That's, that's what I'm gonna do. A pumpkin patch. Slaughter farm. the pumpkins. That was like my first my first job. I like ran the farmers market booth. It was that little girl <laughs> selling lambs. No, <laughs> like vegetables and eggs oh. and like stuff like that. <laughs> like, and pumpkins. That's where I, that's. That was the connection, the pumpkins. Okay. Anyways. Pumpkins are easy. Yeah. 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 I like meat. I should know where it comes from. <laughs> I, yeah, hey, see, this I meat. I don't, and that's why. <laughs> this oh. meat will not have traces of steroids. That's true. Hillsdale's own. So, like, it won't <laughs> It won't have Mexican steroids in it. I've never ate lamb, and there's probably a reason. It's, it's. No. It's, like, salty, kind of like meat. That's you just different. haven't had good lamb. Oh, I like it. It's so good. Yeah. But lamb actually chops. I had I had lamb for lunch today. <laughs> From the farm? From the farm. Holy shit. You could be <laughs> See, 
That's what I can't do. I can't know where it exactly came from. That's awesome. I can't awesome, even though. like I can't even like have like a raw chicken breast and cook it and then eat it. Really? No. Yeah. And I wow, thought I grew up like I butchering chickens. Fuck that. <laughs> and I thought Arby's was like a little crazy when they used to put circles around the animals on their oh wrapper. Oh my god, I know. They used to have like a well, picture of a cow or a some, chicken. Yeah, that is a little bit graphic. Somewhere there gonna... is <laughs> She thinks that's graphic. In one of the restaurants they have pictures of the animals. Yeah, it's Arby's, I think. No, no, no. I Mission don't Mission Barbecue does. I don't know where that is. But it creeps me out. Yeah. I don't want to know. I don't look at it. <laughs> yeah. But you don't like lobster. Or no, you don't even hell, try it. It looks like a big bug. Lobster is too much work. It's it just, is a lot of work. Right. Like that's an exercise chow. routine. It's a big bug. But every every <laughs> every lobster I've ever eaten, I've seen it pulled from the tank. I don't like that. Day. I don't like that. Okay. Cooking them live. Oh, they scream. I don't like that. Well, you don't hear it. You're in the dining room, but you get to pick out of the aquarium. You like You're in the dining one. room. I've watched my mom do it once. There, I watched my mom do it once, and I was like, fuck that. I was. Put no. in bay. They are huge. They fall off the freaking. Uh, the the plate. That's the only restaurant open like past seven in Putin Bay. Screw like, that. We need to go there. Vegetables and fruits. Oh, nice. I've never been. The, oh, it's nice. I've yeah. heard it's relaxing. Yeah, that's like a get out of that. Unless you I take felt, Nana, and then it's it's hell. Yeah, I took my mom one time. She couldn't do it. <laughs> I fell for the April Fool's joke uh, last year by Putin <laughs> Bay. I was mad. Uh, oh, he was angry. Uh, they said that they had been building a tunnel. To put in bay for all these years, and that like they were cars gonna open were gonna it, be. cars were gonna be able to drive in this tunnel and get to the thing. And I, I fell for it hook, line, and singer. I was like, Well, this ruined the fucking place, and I'm like all mad. And <laughs> it was an April Fool's joke, I didn't oh, even freaking, so freaking know oh, he because put in bay angry. is just amazing as it is, nothing should change about it. They got rid of Christmas in July, and now at my age, I'm cool with that, like less. Less party, more drive the golf cart around and go see the old school house and drink a know, Corona. Drink Coronas <laughs> on Lake Erie and just like enjoy enjoy life. Now, when I when I was a boater, there's no way I could have found Putin Bay. Like I just like you know, like I had I had help, you know, where somebody was there. But like if it was just me going, that's a tough island to find. Like I mean, you got to kind of know. Uh, you gotta be kind of Jimmy Buffett behind the, the you boat were wheel. on the ferry. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when I owned my boat and lived oh, on the river and okay. stuff like that. I was gonna say the like ferry that, takes you there. That one's tough. Cedar Point's <laughs> tough to find. Like, I mean, as a boater. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, dude, Lake Erie, there's a point where you hit Lake Erie and then, like, you don't see land anymore and, like, uh, what a compass is for. No, I totally understand that. Einstein. I'm just saying it's not easy because the island's so small you can miss it. Like a couple miles over I don't here know, is those that was four hundred foot high roller coasters kinda give it away. You know how small those look from a distance, <laughs> dude? Like really, really small. I'm not talking going at night because I never boated at night except for like the That'd fireworks. Be dumb. Dude, I did it once for the fireworks. I was like, never doing it again, dude. Mm-hmm. Like uh the fireworks was the scariest thing. Time I've ever been yeah, on a that's boat, stupid. and I was like, I was like, I'm throwing it, like you know, we're we're stopping, and I am not racing these boats home. But, but congratulations on your pro debut. That's huge. 
we got off subject. We were talking put in bay, but <laughs> yeah, we had like parent moments because we were just so proud of you. Thanks. We were very proud. <laughs> I was very proud, and uh, you know, and the future's so freaking bright. Um, he has to wear sunglasses inside. Well, I don't have to do it anymore. It's probably gone. <laughs> it was very hard to read your expression, actually. <laughs> it's kind of like searching from a distance. <laughs> it's like Stevie well, no, in it. No, it's gone. No, yeah. Like pretending to be blind like Stevie. <laughs> Caught a football. Speaking of which, did you know that they celebrated Motown's 60th anniversary and they didn't even do it here? That's ironic. They did it in L.A. It really? was in the newspaper today, and I was, or yesterday's paper. No, Sunday's paper. But, yeah, they had, like, this huge celebration, but it was in L.A. Hmm. I thought it was kind of lame. Is it because they're remodeling the Motown Museum? Uh, no, I'm sure they could have found anywhere, I don't know, Little Caesars Arena, to have the Motown 60th anniversary. I'm looking at all that develop, There's enough development behind me. I'm just saying. I'm mean, like, there's. You couldn't have figured something out here. You had to send it on the totally other end of the country. I wonder if they got that building that just collapsed on HBO tonight that I'm looking at. There's a collapsed building. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh yeah, I'll drive you by it. Tonight. I must have been sleeping. Yeah, actually, uh, HBO is running. I don't know. Is it expose? I don't yeah, know. it is. An expose on uh, Little Caesars Arena, the district, which they promised that they were going to make the area around the arena a lot nicer than they did, and uh, they didn't. It was supposed to be this whole, like, just huge shopping and, like, social area. Places for people to actually um, hang out. No, live, too. They were were supposed to build stuff and... um, Actually, we know the guy that they're interviewing in there, and he says uh, that they've not built one apartment, not one hotel room, not one house. So they're no, because I don't plans. count downtown as being. Ex- I mean, it's accessible. They don't but count it's, themselves as downtown. The district has their own. own that's thing. what I'm saying. I don't count the hotels that they're building in downtown part of this area. Even I mean, we've got where we're located and like founders. We're close, so but we're not part of that still. I agree. But that's brings me up to another point I wanted to talk about. I kind of wanted to uh, – Stevie Iserman's coming home. Steve Iserman coming is home. huge. It makes me want to go to a Red Wings game, and that's – Which is weird because he's not playing. I know, but it's still – It doesn't really change a lot. But it does. It's, it's, it's part of, like, your nostalgia coming home. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah, Steve Eisman was a uh, a real big deal to me growing up as a kid. He taught me how to speak this horribly because yep. like, I wanted to speak like um, him as a kid. Um, um, I had his I had his haircut <laughs> one year as a kid growing up. Um, there, there we go. I didn't even mean that one. And uh, <laughs> how I talk is because of him. That is the most bizarre story ever. I told someone that the other day. I'm like, he trained himself how to speak like him. So true. And it's crazy. So true. And I can't break the habit. I did it for years because I thought it was cool because Steve Eiserman did it. The the stuff as a kid that you think is cool. He's gotten better though. Who's Steve Eiserman? Yeah. Oh, he's horrible still. But he did get better. But I've gotten a little bit better. A little bit. Or I don't notice it anymore and I don't don't care. I think you notice it. 
See, that would have been a perfect ah, uh, and I didn't do it there. It's um, coming. Um, um, but I was fascinated <laughs> with him as a kid, Larkin, and uh, he talked. <laughs> he talked like this. So yeah, after a game, um, I don't know. Let me do an impersonation. Um, you know, Ed- Edmonton was good tonight, and uh, we we just um, got to get a little bit more, you know, um, kind of you know, activity in front of their goaltender and uh, we'll, we'll see where it happens from there. But as a kid <laughs> watching that, I thought it was the coolest thing. And what are you doing? Well, we lose that. That's yours. Oh, thanks. Um, what is that? Good call. I left my ring. I, it fell Did off. you find your key? That was not me. That was Tara. I don't lose keys. She's just like, she's like, it's just a key. Who does that? He was in my pocket. Uh, there we go again. So I trained myself as a kid to talk like that, like an idiot. And then the other thing I used to do as a kid is that I couldn't sweat no matter how much I exercised. Like, I just didn't sweat. I'd play a whole basketball game, not get taken out of the basketball game, and I wasn't that sweaty. So at halftime, because I thought it was cool in movies where guys were, like, sweaty and they were working out, like, I would – put water in my hair to look more sweaty than I was. Oh, yeah, because the Red Wings always looked like they were Right, dude. Right. But I couldn't do it. Like, back. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get sweaty enough to have that look. These are just bizarre things as a kid you do that you realize. And as I have a kid growing up now, I'm like, he's probably doing bizarre shit like that. But the talking thing is one of the worst things I've ever picked up. It's really absolutely horrible, mm. you know? Yeah. Even, even when I told that story and Cody was here, Cody was like, what? I'm like, what? You know, like, that's the thing you're going to kind of It's imitate. It's bizarre. I know, but it's a great story. It's mm. true. And I talk like him now for the rest of my freaking life. So A lot of the stuff you do is revolved around Steve Eiserman, So Steve Eiserman, Kevin Costner, uh, David Duchovny. No, I mean, um, your favorite number is 19. True. Um, you learned how to talk like him. You true. You just told me you you tried to like make yourself look sweaty, like him in between games. Yeah, or yeah. In between I mean, are games. you listening to yourself? No, I'm just having an open open moment. I'm like, just you, saying, you guys don't like, do stupid shit. You know, as a guy, I think it's pretty stupid. But I also had like a poster of him, while other people had like Tiffany Amber Thiessen and stuff in their lockers. I had a, a Steve. Oh, I'm sure that wasn't like. An odd thing, though. No, I was the only guy that had a guy, and the, everybody had like Tiffany Amber Thies and um, Kathy Ireland was a big one growing mm-hmm. up. I had, you know, a male in there. My brother had Jenny McCarthy. And it was a good picture of Steve Eiserman too. I'm not like trying to like sound even more into him than I am, but uh, really good picture. So welcome home, Captain. That that's tremendous news. It makes Rochelle want to go to some games. So there you go. Crazy. Um, last last I've only been to one Red Wings game my entire life. It was like in 1994. I don't count when they were in the playoffs and you'd go watch the game on the screen. No, Joe Vision, Joe Vision? don't count yeah, that. No, I don't count that. Hell but, no, don't count. But um, I went once in '94. That was it. Yeah, we got to find. So I did an interview. We got to find that one's one of the first interviews I ever did where I was asked about. Uh, I called the Vegas franchise. Back with the wings, it was, mm-hmm. was 2006. We have to find that interview. But I was upset though. I just realized that I, I, I probably never. I don't think Kirk Mulpey was on the team then. 
Maybe he was in 94. I don't know, but I not. I never actually got to watch him play. I don't know. You be a hockey That was fan? my favorite player. Not really. But you know who Steve Eiserman is, yeah. right? Yeah. Is he dreamy? He's pretty dreamy. Yeah. There there was was a no. good, it was a good impersonation. Tracy I posted what, a picture. I know what he sounds like. Oh, Tracy posted a picture, and I was like, damn, that's the best picture of him I've ever seen. He's pretty dreamy. He had a lot happen to his face to still come out very handsome. He had a lot of stitches. He looks a lot pretty of, decent. For oh, his age. That one. Okay. <laughs> the feathered hair is oh. awesome. Uh, so yeah, cute there. He was blessed with good looks. I mean, shit. But I, but I never found him attractive. I, I was never like, no, I, it wasn't a thing for me. How? I don't know. He could pull off a mullet. He could pull off anything he no, wanted there, to, dude. That was, that's hot. But like, I, growing up, I never, but again, I only watched baseball growing up, really. There's nobody hot in baseball. George Brett, maybe. Mark was Lemke. Third. Who? He was an Atlanta Brave first baseman. Oh, boy. Yep, that was about it. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Mark Lemke. Oh, first baseman, shit. Atlanta Braves. All right. So uh, what else would I, I wanted to finish up and talk about? So we talked about Big, uh, Baby Miller. Um uh, see, some of it was for Jimmy with the uh, Avengers stuff, and he's not here. And Larkin sees less than fifty movies in a lifetime, so I know she doesn't. She doesn't know. But I was gonna bounce some stuff off uh, Jimmy, but then if he doesn't show and he's pursuing his acting career, I can't. I I did watch Shazam this weekend, though. You watch what? Shazam. It's was like, it oh, good? It was. It's it was decent. It was very little kitty kind of. See, that's why I don't want to see it. But it was decent. It was decent. Mm-mm. A anti kid movie. It's it not was a more, kids movie, but it's 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 geared towards yeah. kids' enjoyment. Chris was upset. He thought it was gonna be more gory and it wasn't. Gory. He thought it was gonna be like more graphic, you know? Like just like Did he watch the trailer at no, all? Oh, no, well. but he just had an idea because he's all into those movies, like yeah, all this, into that stuff. I don't even count this. I know. That's what he said too. He was like, it was not even on the on the scales. No, I w- that's why I have no desire to see it. Like we had to go see Captain Marvel because it's part of. We watched this. that too. I was on my grind this weekend. Good for you. Or this last week, yeah. Did you see Cap- Carousel Lola That one. No. You know which one I'm talking about. Wait, what is it called? The Curse of Lorna. No, I didn't. I heard about it. Okay. I, I saw like something about it advertised. Doesn't look good but... though. But there's uh, that's what I go for is uh, horror movies, and there hasn't been a good one out lately but i never got to see uh us i heard it was good i, I didn't watch it, it. Yeah. but yeah the captain marvel one we watched at the drive-in theater like Ooh. when when do you ever remember i feel like it's been like 10 years since I anyone remember. went to the drive-in i remember the drive-in sat it's in the been... back of the truck so you have a drive-in in hillsdale cold water it's like 15 minutes away that's cool dude. that is a small town <laughs> shit i gotta go check that out I do like small towns. Um, it's a lot better when you don't live there. I found that out this week. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot like... better going back there. It was weird. Do you have a McDonald's? We do. Everybody has a McDonald's, <laughs> though. Yes. We have two Subways. Ooh. That's kind of... Wendy's and Arby's. Okay. Do you have a Taco Bell? We do have a Taco Bell. All right, then. Well, it's in the it's in the next town, but oh, it's like see? five minutes away. Okay, it's still... Yeah. Wait, or do you have a Meyer? No. Oh, that can... I can it's apparently there. coming. Meyer bought a piece of land. 
Walmart? Walmart's in the next town. they have Walmart. I know. They killed all the small businesses. Screw we that. still have a local grocery store, though. And it's booming. It? Yeah. Good. Good. We uh, do have a Kroger, too. That's power. it, though. No, see, it's got to be Meyer. Nothing. Power to the Meyer bust. Meyer's are bust? I can't do Walmart. I went there for Easter. The Easter Bunny went to Walmart this year. Oh, okay. They were kind of late on their egg harvesting. And... um. He had a rough time there. Mm. Didn't, well, I didn't care for it. I gave a um, spicy food up for Lent, and then I've not had besides chili from Slows. I've not had any spicy food, so I thought I'd go running to it, and I haven't had spicy. Hmm. I had lots of spicy last week. What'd you have? Tell me. Just like I dip everything in hot sauce now. He's gonna live vicariously through you. That's what I used to do. Eggs, Feels hot good. sauce. That's pretty good. Broccoli, hot sauce. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Eggs, eggs, hot sauce. Frank's hot Luna bar in hot sauce. No, no. I don't mm. like Luna bars anyways that much. He dipped a Luna bar in freaking, was it buffalo or was it That's hot like sauce? starting with something bad and then making it worse. Two or three, so no, two or three in the morning. I don't know. It was like what? two or three in the morning. It was just like, I felt, felt like I needed a little kick to it and stuff. That's what I do. So you put Frank's on um, your eggs, right? It's yes, good. it is. It's and great. The ham, the bacon, everything. The breakfast. I mean, I just eat the eggs. Yeah, we. I've been uh, weight cutting for like my entire life the past year. <laughs> <laughs> it's been almost six. I was thinking about it. May is the fifth month of the year. That means we're almost halfway through the year. Yeah, like that. Yeah. If you look at it like that, it's when all the birthdays start hitting us. Well, this is when Michigan becomes fun. Yes, like it summer. is. May is so busy. No, I'm just saying it becomes fun, though. It becomes warm. We're it becomes so tolerable. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode. Is this a good time to wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. You're looking at me like I've got some insight to this. You have insight. <laughs> I, did, I, did have, I did have like a couple songs I wanted to play because I thought they were fitting for our past week. Oh, then play them. Okay. You can play them. We'll come back and we'll we'll chat some more. Just for you know, a couple minutes. It's it's necessary. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right. You're listening to the Undercard Hand Combat Radio. That was Nathaniel Ratliff in the night sweats. Never get old. But some people stay in the game a little bit too long. There's been baseball players and some other other. Things uh, that maybe stay in the game a little bit longer than we could possibly stay in. So we'll be back next week. We're really going to try to make a run of it. Um, I think we're going to have Eric DeLeon next week. I think Darren Crushank is coming in. How do you see it? Crushank. Okay. It only took me seven years. Dude, I know that was like one of the first guys I met in MMA. Like, uh,. I mean, I knew Hoist and them, but, like, I'm talking, like, you know, when he was in the Ultimate. And he hasn't changed at all. Like, I mean, that, yeah, the same guy. You can do a good Darren. I know I can do a good Darren. <laughs> I'm going to save it for Darren, though. But he wants to come in. Um, he fights tomorrow. I'm sure he wins. Wins, uh, wins first-round knockout. Uh, Fish wins first-round submission. Fish has the sweetest fight shirts. I told you earlier with like the the. I thought Drew Murrayed with the comic book, but then I found out that 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 was stolen by like many fighters. 
Oh, I, I think Fish has a sweet plate shirt for Tom. I think you that's cool. It? You know, I think cool. Yeah, I showed you earlier. Where is this fight on Wednesday? Uh, down river. Down river. Oh, I know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cody, Cody would go down, off down on river. him. Cody's down there right now. Should like wrestle him up. Oh, he's yelling at me on Facebook. Cody? Yeah. What's he saying? Well, because I was ripping on him for not so much ripping on him for for his, his punching. What do he say? It's the most humane way to get your meat. That's right. We just found out what she does to the lamb. I know, and it was. She's like, the, oh, they got a long time. It was during Eight that months. whole conversation, and, and it, so it fit in well. But no. Yeah, I grew up hunting too. You know how much like, you're costing our up- show with like. Playing Justin Timberlake, like this is probably like a twenty dollars song right now, twenty five dollars. Oh, it's playing during. I forgot. Yeah, you're costing the show budget. There you go. My bad. Right. Forgot about that. We can't even sing Happy Birthday without getting charged on this fucking. Show. <clears throat> All right, keep going. Anyway. Yeah, you said eight eight months. Uh God, that's not a long time. I guess eight months. No, you're talking to her, not me. Yeah, eight months. But no, I grew up hunting. Like we grew up on venison. I didn't have my first steak till I was like. 13 like we didn't buy meat because we didn't have to you see i just i'm not a big meat eater because i was telling him that excuse me i have a really hard time getting past of thinking where it came from so like the idea of like them saying those pictures on the walls or handling a raw piece of chicken breast before i have to cook it and eat it it's just mentally it's just yeah blockage i don't know yeah because when i was little like I would help my dad, like, gut deer, and I don't know what you're taking a picture of right now. (laughs) But, yeah, we'd, like, gut a deer and then take the meat inside and put it on the skillet and cook it, like, that same night. Like, we'd take the tenderloins and carry them inside and then eat them. You you hang them and then you you cut it, right? Yeah, cut it. My dad processed all of our deer, too, because he was just, like, I'll do it myself kind of guy. But Yeah, see, that's, that's totally opposite. Like, I was telling Cody, like, I've only even, like, held a gun once, and it was Darren's, of course. <laughs> of course. In, in, the, in the studio. So. It's definitely Darren's. Right. But that was the only time I've ever touched a gun. Yeah. So, and, yeah, I just, mm-mm. I wouldn't mind learning how to shoot, but not, not like that. You wouldn't like it. It took me a little longer to get used to handguns, because I didn't grow up with handguns. Rifles. But Rifle. it was all like, yeah, like 12 gauge, 20 gauge. Muzzle I don't know what that was means. Was it easier? I mean, I don't know. It's just different. Like, it's not any easier. It's just like the, what you grow up with. The recoils. Like, so I was just wondering if you It's learned. different. It yeah. is different because you're used to having your shoulder. And then when you right. have a handgun, you don't like you have to get. Yeah, used you to wouldn't it. like the recoil. Yeah, I don't know what any of you guys are talking about. Gauges recoil, and recoil the, and the kickback. You're you're literally launching something in the fucking air at like you know this. I don't know what the speed is, but like I mean, you, that's the recoil for every action. There's a reaction. So like when I shoot a lot, this part of my hand. I don't know if Larkin Larkin's left, so she might have yeah, some. But different, you have, yeah, you have you have a hard time when you go bowling. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I'm like, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, my hand's sore. I can't bowl anymore. <laughs> no, no. And then the the other mistake I made is, like, I, I used to uh, use cheap ammunition on guns, and that was bad because that messes up the fucking gun. Yeah. But you used to, oh. but you used to like. Uh, it's a whole new world. 
like Walmart um, sells it real cheap. So you're like, I'm just firing in a range. But no, that's not, not yeah. good to do either. What's the difference between, between like the weight it's of the quality, bullet or quality the quality the and stuff? Yeah. This whatever it's encased it in. And... Yeah. And then God forbid your gun jam. I, I don't even know what I'd do with you. Like, I'd have to be like, set it down. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like with you, I'd be scared. You'd be like, I don't know why it's working. Like, I'm <laughs> But, yep, know. that'd be me. <laughs> when I was a little Can kid, you help me here? No, it's just this. jammed. Set it down. <laughs> I I was probably like ten years old, and we were like sighting in a twelve gauge, and I had never used a twelve gauge, and I had a full size like it was a full size gun. So my dad was like kind of holding it behind me, and I was shooting it, and I hit myself so hard in the face with the yeah, it was bad. It was bad. The recoil, I know you won't like. Especially because a 10-year-old, you're like, it's like world ending to you. And you're like, never again. I'm not 10. Yeah, but see, these are fun things that Larkin can do and we can put on her fighter page because we got – she can take you shooting. Or she could take you to meet the lambs and no. show how they're they fun. Pick up. No, they're so fun and cute. I, I and I'd want to take one home and he won't let me. <laughs> he yelling at me, no more pets and I want a dog. No, these are the last pets ever. Like, no. I tell them every day, I'm like, you lucky motherfuckers in a new house. Well, like, that's because fucking, you they're lucky fucking idiots, dude. but I want a fucking dog. Though The one cat knows how to open doors. Motherfuck. It's <laughs> because I didn't close it all the way. Motherfuck. You got to close it till it, like, clicks. I just hear, I hear, like, like, a, like a, it's like, like someone's breaking in the house. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, what is he doing back there? Like it was just like little drill saws and stuff, and then he just walks in and the thing opens, and he's like, "What?" I'm like, Son of a- "Nothing to see here." <laughs> Son of a bitch, he's a cat burglar. <laughs> but like, yeah, he just like, I mean, it's pretty impressive. But like, so I've been bat- battling incredible insomnia. I don't go to bed till like four, four fifteen in the morning. They're my friends, though. Like, they come around and they're like, I see you up. But then they crash before me. They're like, dude, it's three. Like, we <laughs> really got to get some shit done, dude, tomorrow. <laughs> so let's go to bed. And they'll lay well, they're day. like, I got to get started on my 17-hour nap. So I got to go to bed now. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot to do tomorrow. I got a lot of naps to take tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I took the best pet photo I've ever taken, though. You get my age and you got to take more medicine in life, whether it be for your stomach, blood pressure, or whatever. Oh, and uh, some nights I'm just so tired, like I just lay the pills out, and the cats both decided to lay next Not to it. Not the pills, the bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the cats decided to like both lay by it and sleep, and it looks like they OD'd on a bunch of drugs. And I took a photo, and it's the funniest little thing. Because they, they, they lay stupid, too. Just I know. Like they, they, I was just like, oh, my God, they ended it. <laughs> just they're like no more <laughs> no more brad <laughs> no no more no more and then we have like a really cool deck but we have seven different nests on this deck like these bird nests There's four or five right and, bird nests and our, oh, yep. our cats talk a good game but we know they wouldn't survive one day in the wild they've never seen anything wild yeah. Uh, matter of fact, we don't even get spiders. Matter of fact, uh, when we lived in the condo, uh, the the black cat got out. Aiden was all upset about it, and the idiot went to the wrong house. Like I, they wouldn't even find their way back to the house. Well, is the they thing. look. They all look the same. That's why. But they're animals. They're supposed to know where where to go. No, Riley's the dumb one. Riley's definitely dumb. So, but anyways, they so the patio doors. They just chirp and they talk the biggest game. 
Right. And I'm like, you wouldn't know what to do with that bird if you caught it, dude. There's no way, dude. You are like, you are far from a hunter. Right. Exactly. Like Marley used to be a hunter. The whole reason I got Marley is I was living in my 20s in an apartment that had like the craziest mouse problem I've ever seen. Like they were like literally like you could see stuff move to the side of your eye and you weren't you were not not seeing stuff that was like mice running along shit. And so I was like, all right, we got to get a cat. And then I got Marley uh, and Marley's been around as old as my son. So um, old in cat ears. And then I'm like, well, she's going to die any day. And then somebody told me that once they get past this 13 mark, they can go to like 21, 22. I'm well, like, holy yeah, shit. Shannon's cats, the ones they – we were talking about it at her son's birthday party. They're like all their cats that they've had have lived um, past 20 or close to it. and But the one that she just lost – had a companion and the companion died like two days later, had a heart attack and it was only eight, but it was, you know, traumatic loss of his friend. No, I mean, they, they say when you get cats, you're supposed to have them in twos, mm-hmm. you know, but Riley, I don't know. Riley, uh, Riley will probably, uh, not outlive Marley. Marley will probably, be around forever. Riley strikes me as one that's going to have some problems. Right. He doesn't even know how to retract his claws. Oh, no. Yeah, dude. If like, he claws into you, he's like, help me. He's <laughs> like, I don't know what to he's do. Like, <laughs> right. New shirt, <laughs> fucker ruin it every fucking time, dude. He'd just be like, and you don't see him. He'll like come around your shoulder and then ruin it and, and then walk down like it. And he's like 25 pounds. Yeah. He's a fat. I wouldn't say muscle either. Cat. He's definitely like fat. Uh, doesn't eat a lot though. No, just gains weight. You know, it's probably all that medicine they take. Marley's bulimic. Yeah, and then Marley weighs two pounds. Could literally blow away and <laughs> eats a lot and then throws it up. But that one's probably going to live the longest. She is the nana. Right. She's been around forever. And then the, the weird thing is, Aiden's cat, right? And cats are so independent. And Aiden is so mean to the cat. Not abusive, but, like, wants to pick it up, wants to, like, twirl it, wants to, like, go, hey, like, Lion King it. And uh, she lets him do it. Anyone else, she would, like, just go nuts on you. She would be, like, but, like, for him, he's, she just, like, sits catatonic and is, like, okay, you're my owner. She lets me hold her for, like, I don't know, But not what Aiden minutes. does. Like, Aiden will be, like, hey, look, Dad, Lion King. You know, and, like, she'll be, like. <laughs> okay but like she'll scratch if i tried to do that she'd be like lion king this you mother ever like she'd go after me dude all right we'll be back next week larkin might even be joining us she's just getting back into camp um and then cody's uh saying that i am not his only one fan that facebook has done this to like 50 people and i feel we're very cheated so and i'm supposed to get some badge and i don't see where the badge is <laughs> And I'm all about badges. So we'll be back next week. Uh, take care, everybody. Uh, what happens this week? Uh, Robert Easter fights. Good luck to Robert Easter, um, a guy I've been covering for a long time in Toledo. We'll talk to everyone soon. Take care.